Creek and Hello, everyone. For. Welcome to Ask the Amigos. Uh, this is where we answer Discord's questions. If you want to join our Discord, patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Aaron, our first question comes from David Cavalieri. He says, I've been Good listening name. to retro gaming podcasts and videos for years. Why does it seem most retro folks seem to diss sports games? What do you think, Aaron? Listen, you're preaching to the choir, brother. Although I did this, this uh, I did this EA Sports. Listen, sports games are begging for a good dissing. Okay, why? Because they're repetitive, lazy crap. Okay, I'm not saying they're all garbage. Hey, me and you both, we're both, we're both sports guys. We like sports. But when you just repeatedly do the same crap year after year and put a new price tag on it, it gets old. It's easy for people to hate. Uh, the truly unique titles, the truly unique sporting titles that have been produced over the years, uh, I fully endorse. I, you know, I like it. But, I mean, uh, you can't have the same Madden 15 years in a row. You can, but you shouldn't, I guess is a better way to put it. And when I was going through those old Genesis games last week, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, the last couple years of the Genesis were just a cash grab for EA, slapping a new number on their game and sticking it out there uh, as some of the last games released on it. So, yeah, it's easy to hate them. But, I mean, there are some good... Look, we just did, uh, um, uh, we just did the, uh, the baseball game, Earl Weaver, uh, and we both enjoyed that one quite a bit. Uh, I really like Tom Landry football. I mean, there's some good classic retro. I mean, TV sports basketball is one of my all-time favorite games. There's plenty of good sports games out there if you look for them. But you, but there's a lot of garbage, too, Boat. Yeah. I mean, one word. I'll give you a one-word answer. Annualization. Anytime That's you have word. game name with a year after it, no good. Um, I realize why do they do this? Because they can, because it's, it's easy money, because even though we don't like these games, there are people that buy Madden every year and yep. it's not a small number of people. And so, uh, you know, they discovered this is what makes them the most money. But, uh, as soon as they started that trend of just putting out a new game every year, basically updating the roster and adding, you know, maybe one or two new quote unquote new features, <laughs> Uh, that's when I that's when I bowed out of sports games. That was no good. You know, our job here, our fun pleasure, gives us the ability to have a little more insight than your average schlup. For I, I take great pleasure in ch every year when Madden comes out. I watch all the videos that kill Madden. They still bought it, but they kill it for how bad it is. And and they still buy it year after year. It's always a big earner. So if you're gonna hate the game, just don't buy it. Number one. Number two. We, again, I'm going to mention Earl Weaver. Earl Weaver, they hit the sweet spot. Put out a roster disc every couple of years. You know, that worked pretty well. That's not the worst idea. You can release a sports game every other year. Of course, they're not going to do that because they're leaving a lot of money on the table. So they're going to just keep doing that until people vote with their wallet. Is to Scooby asks, if someone bought you a ticket to go into space, would you become a space tourist? Yes. In a second, I'd do it. Me too. I'd go in a heartbeat. I've been wanting to go to space myself for quite a while since I was a kid. That would be yeah. I'd be awesome. Now I'd have, I'd be a little more vigilant about who I would go who I would trust with my well being. You know what I mean? Like would it matter who was offering boat for you? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, probably. If somebody I mean, who are there a let's lot of the, outfits let's say to the go Musker, into space? Let's say the Musker built a rocket. All right, Elon. Well, okay. he has. He's he's no. I mean, uh, that, a, uh, a rocket that was that was going to have you on it to go mm -hmm. into space. Okay, 
you know, uh, let's say, I don't know if you're a fan of the Musker, and let's say you're not, just for argument's sake, would you let that stop you from accepting his invitation to go into space? No, because out of everybody, he's the one that I would trust the most because he actually has a track record of bringing these things back. If if you're going to have, you know, freaking Trip Hawkins, I'm not going to trust him with a space ticket. No way. (laughs) What if the guy that designed the Jaguar had a spaceship, and he said, listen... (laughs) This thing's got a lot of buttons. You're going to love it. This has two different engines. Good luck, folks. (laughs) Uh, Sheila Dixon asks, I've recently watched and enjoyed Tron, the original and the newer sequel. What classics will you admit to have never seen or only having watched recently? For me, tons. I haven't seen 90% of the classic movies that are out there because I'm not a big movie guy. I've never seen Titanic. I've never seen Goodfellas. I've never seen the you Great like Wrath. Uh, I mean, if you uh, most classic movies, I would say I have not seen. How about you, Aaron? Well, just to, first of all, I love Tron, and I love the second Tron even more, and the soundtrack. Oh, I love it. Uh, I also like yourself. I, there are plenty of films I've not seen, including we've talked that many times. Dune. I've never seen that. I've never seen RoboCop all the way through. There's plenty of movies I haven't seen. Um. I'm eventually probably going to catch up with them. You know, the funny thing about movies nowadays is, I mean, I could say, we were just talking about this before the show. I could come home and sit down and watch uh, one of a billion different things, all right? I mean, it's a zillion things. And so I, I have to say, how much time do I have? Do I have two hours to watch a film? Almost certainly not. And so I normally stick to stuff that I know, which is probably inherently bad because you're missing stuff. Uh, but occasionally I will go to have a foray and then, you know, look it into something. I try, but it's my time is at a premium. And so right now I don't have the time to watch a lot of movies. I, there, was, there was one summer that I had in college where I was living on my own. I had an apartment and I had tons of time. And I went to the university library and rented tons and tons of DVDs. And that's where I saw a bunch of classics. Like that's when I watched Taxi Driver. That's when I watched I all the seen. Woody Allen m- <laughs> movies. Um, but that was like one summer in my life where I sort of made that my mission. Now, if I have that kind of time, I am much more concerned about reading classic literature than I am watching classic movies. So I'm working my way through Lovecraft, trying to read all of his stuff. I'm actually working my way through the Merchant of Venice. I want to make Shakespeare my new thing, be able to be familiar with his plays. So, uh, that's, that, that's sort of the thing that I'd rather focus on. You know, uh, you mentioned, uh, Goodfellas, you know, I, I do want to see there are two movies that are on my radar, and I, which I have missed, and it was a, a huge mistake because they're supposed to be the movies of the decade, which is Taxi Driver, as you mentioned, and Raging Bull, which yeah. I, I want to see both those. I'd like but to my, see Raging Bull, too. My thing is, when I have like a lot of time, like, you know, I, I just watched a, a documentary on the War of 1812, for example. Like, I like that stuff. I just watched a thing on the uh, uh, slaughter of 20,000 Roman soldiers. So a lot of the time that I have, I like to watch that kind of stuff. Like, I've gotten into, like, history stuff quite a bit, too. So that also takes away from my movie time, you know. But it's not like I don't hate movies. just don't get to watch them that much. Is2Scooby asks, have you ever gotten a facial, manicure, or any other type of spa treatment? Hell no. (laughs) Uh, I attempted to get a pedicure when I lived in Korea. Um, I used to hang out with this group of uh, girls that were American slash Canadian. And uh, one day they were like, yeah, we're all going to get pedicures. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, I'll hang out with some hot girls and get stuff done to my feet. That sounds good to me. 
uh, they wouldn't let me in the building. They said they don't do men. So uh, that was the end of that. That was the closest. Now, in America, they'll, they'll, the, I know there are plenty of dudes that get them. Mm-hmm. You know, in the states, but yeah, that you got hosed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ravi Abbott asks. When you were at school, were there any rumors about ch- cheats for games that were just BS? Heck yeah, all the time. I heard so many things about Super Mario Brothers, like the negative world people talked about. But then there was also stuff like, like uh, you could go to this planet where you know Peach was naked. There was a thing called Picture K that you could get. There are all kinds of like rumors about Super Mario Brothers. That, that turned out to be BS. Uh, I think there was some stuff about Tyson, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, that, that never actually turned out to be true. Um, and, of course, when I was in high school, that was when uh, Tomb Raider came out. So you had the old nude Raider and all that stuff. Yeah. I, well, of course, you know, it's funny. When I was in school, no one really talked much about video games. But soon after I was out of high school, I would hear, like, for example, Mortal Kombat stuff, tons of it. Like, oh, you can do this and that. Especially in the first one, they had all these things you could do that ultimately they put in some of the in the second one, like babalities and friendships. Mm-hmm. Those are strictly made because they, it was a rumor that was going around. So, yeah, I have, it seems like I heard Mike Tyson punch out. We were telling him if you could kill a guy or you could play as Tyson. There was some kind of crap in there about it. I do. It's, it's funny that that game ultimately, uh, it was Super Punch Out, where there was a code to let you play as the boxer. Remember right. that? We tried that at your right. house. That was so crazy. It, every once in a while, one of them comes true, you know? Uh, let's see. Uh, David Hearn Ryder asks Will you be watching the making of Karatika documentary? We know how much Boat loves Jordan Mechner games. No, I will not. I've never heard of Karatika, but if they did one on Karatika, I would absolutely watch it because that game's awesome, and Jordan Mechner's a stud. I love that guy. So I'll watch the crap out of the Karatika one. Ricky DeRocher asks, What is your biggest retro gaming regret as far as selling or throwing away a piece of hardware or a game that you now wish you had kept? Oh, man. It's probably do you 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 really cycle through stuff. Is there anything you've cycled through that you thought yeah. you'd maybe I should have I, mean, I really I really wish I'd kept my GameCube. <laughs> that was a system that sort of got me out of a, a depressing time in my life. I was going through a lot of crap and uh I, that system brought me a lot of joy. Uh ironically, I I had a carrying case with it that I really liked that I wish I still had. Yeah. Uh, and there's just something about this system. I know that there's a million different ways to play GameCube. You can play it on the Wii. You've got emulators and stuff. But I wish I'd kept the GameCube in my games and not sold them when I moved to Korea. Hmm. Um. That's and plus you you had all kinds of stuff that you got rid of when you moved. I got back rid of yeah. I got rid of ninety percent of my collection when I moved to Korea. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um. I really lament getting rid of my WrestleFest. Uh, I miss that arcade machine. Do you, do you uh, miss do you miss getting rid of a tag team or whatever main event? Main event? No, because I well, I, mean, I had a cunning plan, but you know that that one there I've owned a lot of arcade machines and that one was the one I really liked. It's not the most valuable, but it was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful machine too. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it back in the day. So I I lament that I um I've sold a bunch of like stuff for every system, but but I mean. 
I used to have to sell stuff because I was broke. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I mean that's what I, you do. I do miss stuff, but on the flip side, like, for example, when I first, the first time I sold on Amiga stuff, I needed money for Christmas gifts. And so that stuff had to go so I could buy Christmas gifts to people. So, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it sucks. But, my, you know, I've got a, I've got this thing and things happen for a reason. And, um, you know, sometimes it sucks, but ultimately, uh, you 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 get put in a spot, or you do something. It's not like you just randomly rolled a d twenty and did it. You did it for a purpose, and so you either get it back or you won't. And it probably doesn't matter that much one way or the other. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, Ben's asks. Although I started gaming on the Sinclair ZX eighty one and Spectrum, I have very little affection for them. I prefer the C sixty four and others. I also had an Atari ST, but much prefer the Amiga. Are there any systems that should give you that nostalgia hit but leave you cold now? You want to you start on that one? Uh, no. Uh, I, my first computer was the Atari 8-bit, and I still have a tremendous amount of nostalgia for it. My first console was the Nintendo, and I still have a tremendous amount of nostalgia for it. Uh, so this is just not one that that I can answer. I don't, I don't have any answers. I think on, I mean, I grew up with the Odyssey 2 and the Coco and the PC for the longest time. And I look back at the things I've played on them and whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, there, every one of them had something fun on them, much like the Amiga did. And so I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really look, look back at the guy's crap. You know, even the little handheld games I had that used to play with in the car that were garbage, you know, they were fun. And, uh, you know, so uh, I don't think I have anything to report in that area. I don't think you know, anything I just gave up on. I, I guess maybe you, you, you sparked something. If it comes <clears throat> to like those Tiger LCD games, I used to have a crap ton of those. Oh, really? I have no nostalgia for those. No, I don't want to go back to the old Did LCD I buy you games. one of those a couple of years ago? No, you bought the thing that you bought me was much cooler. That no, was an electromagnetic, or that was an electromechanical game. I give a lot of those. Uh, I give a see. I never liked those games either. By the way, the, the I never had any of those because they just seemed dumb to me. Plus, I was sort of uh, older when those came around. I mean, yeah. And so, but yeah, I can understand that. You know, yeah. I could absolutely understand that. Uh, Pajaco asks, "What device or tech was something you thought was going to be the future?" but ultimately fizzled out and died. And if you could bring it back, would you? And he posts a picture of, um, this looks like a, uh, oh, it's the Cybico, something you and Brent covered on. Oh, uh, yes. the, the uh, Those things were neat. You could if, you could hook up with people and send uh, messages that back and forth if you were near them. That was the gimmick. My you know, big so. thing was the netbook. When the netbook came <clears throat> out, I thought, boy, this is going to be a watershed moment in computing uh you got this little we have the ability now to put internet connections on everything you've got this little tiny computer that weighs nothing it's got a small screen but you know uh the the resolution is still pretty good um and uh unfortunately a variety of factors doomed the netbook one being the release of windows vista which they decided to package with these machines that clearly couldn't run it and two uh, they really underspect, even for a netbook, they underspect a lot of these machines. So people ended up having really horrible experiences. I had a netbook that I actually thought was really good. 
Um, and uh, I used it for years until I ended up giving it to the Chud. Uh, I used it when I would fly back and forth from Korea and England, and uh, it was it was a nice little computer that could get online. I could use it with emulators and stuff. I think the netbook is great. Uh, of course, now you've got your ultrabooks and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess it, it never really went away. It just got better. How about you? Um, it's funny. When those netbooks came out, just to chime in on that, I didn't have any money to get any books like that. I saw them. I, I thought, oh, I could sort of see the appeal. But you're, when you mentioned Vista, you're dead on there. Because I did work on some of those, and that was a match made in hell. Uh, Vista, if anyone's nostalgic for that, go use it for a while on a system that wasn't designed for. that. Because that's how they shipped it. And it was a disaster. That Microsoft certified that on machines that could not run it. And those, that was the thing. When you think netbook, you think slow, sloggy, mm -hmm. like a chore to use. And that's what they were. I mean, the design of those things is fine. It's a good idea. They're small. You know, and if you put XP horrible. on those things, you know, one of those slim down builds of XP, yeah. they would run and they would run well. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in terms of things I thought were going to be a bigger deal, I hate to keep going back to it, but I've always thought, man, when are we getting this VR? The VR has got to be coming. And a couple of years ago when I, when it started to kick off and Brent was all up in and I thought, man, now it's finally happening. It's VR time. It's going to happen. The dream's coming to life. And it's still, I mean, it seems like as long as we've been doing this show, occasionally we'll bring up VR and it's still out there lingering around. It may be awesome. It may be not that good, but I mean, we don't know. And no one's talking about it. I never hear anybody talking about Harley at all, except maybe make fun of meta occasionally. Uh, so, um, uh, that one's kind of a bummer. That's one I still I still have some hope, but it, and also people don't seem like they just care much about it anymore. And that's one thing that's changed. It felt there, like a bigger deal. There's know, a, one there's, time. there's Jason Calacanis has a great. I wish that I'd come up with this because he sums up VR in three short phrases. Try, oh my, goodbye. Yeah. So you try it, you say, oh my gosh, this is cool. And then you put it down and you just don't feel called to go back to it. I mean, the first time I tried VR Brent's house, I was like, this is awesome. I can walk around in this world. I can paint. I can do crap. I can do the job simulator. I can play pinball and it looks like pinball. But there was nothing there that made me think, man, I want to do this more. And then I bought a VR headset to try and convince myself. I sold the VR headset. A few years later, I bought it again because I thought I could convince myself this time. It still didn't work, and I sold it again. You sold that one again, did you? Mm -hmm. You know, here's the thing about... By the way, that is a brilliant, brilliant saying. Uh, that's exactly the way it goes. But here's the thing. Um, it's VR is incredibly inconvenient. And, and, that, and that, I think, is the driving factor that makes it tough to deal with. It's even if they let's pretend you had a visor like Jordy with no cables coming out, not a big battery. It's a miracle, right? Even then, you have to have a place to do it, time to do it. You have to tell other people that live there what you're doing. Then you've got to have something to do with it. It's a hassle, and I'm not sure how they're going to overcome that aspect of it. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, David Hearn Ryder. Actually, we got a question here from uh, David Hearn Ryder. He says. Australia is known as the land of big things. The big pineapple and the big kangaroo, for example. I was not aware of that. Do you think you could convince the town of Hurricane to erect a big <laughs> statue of an Amiga? 
No, there's no way. <laughs> For one thing, uh, the town of Hurricane couldn't afford a big statue of an Amiga. And secondly, no one would know what that was. So that's the problem. If we were going to, I'm, I'm trying to think what kind of, what statue could we get over in Hurricane? You know, I mean, I don't know, like a, maybe Listen, a football I, player. All the answers something. I can tell you would just make you upset. There, there, there are some people we could erect statues to in Hurricane without much trouble. Uh, well, I, I meant I didn't necessarily mean a person per se. Just like, you know, like uh, you could put like I mean, what are Hurricane? What are people at Hurricane passionate about? You know, uh, you could probably. I mean, Hurricane was a railroad town, so you could yeah. probably put a statue up of a, a railroad car or something like you know, that. Yeah, Nitro has all kinds of uh, doughboy statues mm -hmm. everywhere in yeah. town because they were a World War One. That's a good gimmick. You know, it's I like it. Well, Hurricane doesn't have a train station anymore. It doesn't have anything to do with trains, and that because they got rid of the train that was downtown. So really, they've taken away the little identity we had. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know what you would put. I don't know what you could get over now, unless it was like a football guy or a, uh, well, maybe uh, a baseball yeah, I mean, we're guy. Just, we're waiting for you know some big athlete to come out of Hurricane. Which, given the fact that we recruit now nationwide for our football team, who knows? <laughs> maybe it'll be sooner than we think. They should, have a, they should put a statue up with whoever senator was that put that over the top. That's what right. they should have. Right. Um, Ravi <laughs> Abbott asks, what do you think of the Acorn computer? <laughs> we're playing them this week on ARG Presents. Actually, we're doing the uh, uh, Acorn Atom, mm. which Brent hilariously tried to convince me that it, w it was actually the Atom Acorn. I'm like, no, Brent, you're an idiot. <laughs> this is what I'm working with here. Uh, what do I think of the Acorn? Well, we both are big fans of the Archimedes, that's for sure. I think that I think Acorn could have had a bunch of jack, a bunch of action. Uh, it, frankly, well, Acorn if just had, had fallen the, the right you, way. You know, they 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 made the mistake of building a machine that was that was solidly built, that was made to last, and that was attractive. And that's not what the British buying public wanted. They wanted something that was as cheap as could possibly be manufactured. And they got it. That's probably because they didn't have money. To be fair, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it was an ill-informed choice. I'm just telling you that's that's the way it shook out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, Mr. I like Acorn's got a lot of good stuff though. To close. Yeah, on I mean, I would love. You know, of course, we've got the Beeb thanks to uh, Pajaco giving yeah. that to us, which is going to be one of the systems that we fire up over at on, at the new set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe one day we'll be lucky enough to get an Archimedes. I'd love to get that oh, fired up. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, good Lord, yes. Um, Mr. Rocket asks, if you could bring back to life one extinct creature, what would it be and why? Hmm. Any ex extinct creature, you say? Right. You know, I just saw a thing that they think that the uh, 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 early man is was a lot smarter than they thought he was. All right, I've always and, thought that. You know, in fact, I think we're getting dumber, frankly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the, yeah, we're not heading in the upward and to the right. The the curious part of me would like to bring back the uh, one of the early Neanderthals just to see, and it kind of like. Stick them you in know, a room with a bunch of like with like a bunch of play pins and stuff. They, stuff they made they did. They made a documentary about <laughs> that called Encino Man. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. But that's see that's the that's the curious part of me. But the reality part of me, it, it says like I want a freaking like a woolly mammoth or a saber tooth tiger or a tyrannosaurus rex or a brontosaurus. Any pick any one you want. Spin mm -hmm. the wheel. 
Any huge dinosaur. That's what I want. Huge Listen, dinosaur. I read a thing that said that you're not supposed to say brontosaurus anymore. Uh -huh. And I poo-poo that immediately. I don't care what. You can't call it brachiosaurus. That's a dumb name. And it's yeah. brontosaurus. Okay. Yeah. Brontosaurus. Deal with it, scientific community. You know, you you sound like my buddy at work when he tells me about how there's no conceivable way climate change can exist. I'm like, listen, what are your credentials in that field? He's like, ah, I watch the weather. It's like, get out of here. It's the same thing. <laughs> Mr. Rocket asks, there's a fun fair in town. It's one of those hazy summers when happy memories are made. Spunky, happy-go-lucky teenagers boat in air and decide to jump on their bikes and head on down there. Yeah. Upon arriving, they see there's a Dungeons & Dragons ride. The guys decide to give it a go. For some reason that is never fully explained, they find themselves transported to the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Which D&D &D character class and alignment would you be? Would we well, be? I mean, so you have to answer for who do you think I would be? And then here's the thing. Be? Okay, well, I know who you would be. You would be the Cavalier with the uh, shield. I like know? that. Because he's the he, the guy who does his, the guy who does his voice is the guy that was Ralph Mouth on the old so he's like he's like a loud mouth coward <laughs> jerk the yeah guy no from Cotter? no not Cotter it's from a Happy oh, Days from Happy Days from Happy Days you know? yeah and I would of course be the Ranger because he's the only one that has an offensive weapon I like to get stuck at the rest of well I mean I guess Bobby's got the uh, the club but he's a geek. You know, the problem with the D&D &D crew in that cartoon, this is my biggest problem with that cartoon. It was dumb. None of those guys, had, they had one one guy with a, with a had a, uh, whatever the heck, a lightning, uh, uh, a, a lightning bow and arrow. And one guy with a club. Everyone else had either nothing or a defensive weapon. The wizard's an idiot. He can't, he does no spells. The, uh, the chick. The the uh, the acrobat, which wasn't even a real freaking uh, choice back in those days, she's got a bow staff that's lame. The one chick, all she's got's an invisibility cloak. That's not gonna do much for you, you know. And then the cavalier just has a shield. What kind of cavalier rolls around with no sword? What's going on here? You I've know? never seen. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen. This isn't the one with Gleep and Gloop, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You've never seen the Dungeons and Dragons no. cartoon. Oh my God, boat! You need to look into it. You can watch every episode on YouTube. I the do. Know, I great. think I watched an episode of something one time that said like they never finished the last episode, and then somebody they they there was like a fan community that that did the last episode. Have you heard about this? That's every show. Okay. But no, they didn't finish it. But I know there's a car <laughs> commercial with the D and D guys, and that was pretty funny, you know. But yeah, that show as a D and D player at the time, it angered and offended me. Much like a lot of things did back in those days when it came to role playing, they'd be like, "Role play this." Here comes the. Here comes out. I was like, "What is this?" It's like I didn't realize what Japanese. I just thought they were all the same. I'm like this is crap, you know. But yeah, I hated. And I think is I watched every episode because that was on. And but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan. Uh, Ravi Abbott asks, "What was the best mobile phone you've ever owned?" Well, I can tell you the one I don't like. It's sitting right here. The old non-functional screen special. I'm still waiting to get this bad boy. <laughs> Look at that beauty right there. Um, by the way, they're supposed to be sending me a box to, to send that back in. Um, I've only owned uh, two smartphones, so and this is one of them. So I guess this one's good until I broke it. So there you go. All the other phones I had were flip phones or no phone. Um. 
the first iPhone that I ever had, which I think was the 3G, I bought before I went. Did I buy it before? Yeah, I bought it before I went to Thailand. Then I ended up dropping it, and it broke at some point. But anyway, um, it was amazing. It was amazing to be able to get on the internet with a thing that was in your pocket. I mean, it's just an indescribable feeling to be able to have the real internet. You could look up websites, and you could read forums, and you could do all this crap. And you didn't need an internet, like you didn't need like a, a, a Wi-Fi connection or anything. Like it was just all in cellular. I think Bangkok probably had a faster. I think they were on 3G much before you know Hurricane was. Uh, and I would. Are we on I, it well, now? <laughs> and, and I still remember. I still remember driving around in a taxi cab. You know, I was on my way somewhere, and I was reading some forum or something. And I was just like, I'm living in the future. I'm on the internet in this in this taxi. It's great. So. That's probably like every phone since then has just been the same iteration of that. So, yeah. I look at, you know, especially back then, as now I've learned to enjoy the phone. But early on, I had no I had no inclination to I never I have never bought myself a smartphone, not one ever. Both these phones were gifts because I've never would have bought one probably. Because I everywhere I go, you know, got to think I did computer repair professionally for a decade, and but I've really done it my whole life, nonstop. They won't let me walk away from it, and so the thought of carrying around another computer when I'm surrounded by computers, I just I didn't see the appeal. Now, under, now years later, I can at least get some use out of it and understand it. But in the early days, I just didn't care. I needed the phone to talk to people on the phone. And that was it. I didn't do any texting. I didn't do any of that stuff. So having gotten the phone, I've learned to enjoy it. But it wasn't something I was, like, clamoring for. I guess I'm in a unique person in that position. I was yeah. impressed you could use a phone out in the middle of nowhere. I was like, wow, this is cool. Uh, is to Scooby asks, if you had to pick one professional wrestler in their prime to have as a next-door neighbor, who would it be and why? The missing link uh, is a guy goes <laughs> You ever see him? No. The, the Mystic Link was this guy. Was he, he the guy that wore the suit, like the muscle suit? No. Who was no, that no. guy we were watching? That was that, that was guy? that was uh, um, El Higante. Actually, it was uh, he over there was Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez. That's so right. the Missing Link was this guy. He was a big guy. His name, I think his name was Dewey Robertson, but he was the Missing Link, and he was supposed to be a, a guy that was was a, had been yanked out of the man's evolution, and mm -hmm. he had this. He had a green face, and he had he had a pop of hair right here, and then he had like a, kind of an afro bald guy haircut, and he would grab the back of his head and use his head as a battering ram to headbutt people. That was his gimmick, right? And he was just a weird-looking guy. I like the idea of going home from work and just seeing that guy walking around, mowing his lawn, like getting in his car, taking his kids to the ice cream shop. I like that's what I want. Missing Link. Hmm. For me, it's got to be Million Dollar Man, you know, because like I'm going to have some sort of trickle down effect living next to the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> He's going to be throwing some party and be like, hey, come on over. You know, I got bad news for you. I'm afraid the Million Dollar Man's not actually a millionaire. And actually, Ooh. he's had huge financial troubles. What? And also, he's got in trouble with the law and he's basically a preacher. And you know what those guys make when they're not involved in a huge like super evangelism thing. So like he's he probably has less money than you. 
So you would were, be his million-dollar man. This is in their prime. In their prime, the million-dollar mm. man was a real millionaire. The correct answer would have been Virgil. Remember his geek? Yeah. Because you can just because you you just come outside and be like Virgil, mow the lawn. He's like, yeah, yes, sir, I feel, Mr. I feel, Boat, I feel, sir. I feel real uncomfortable doing that for multiple well, reasons. Well, but he also would pummel you. But yeah. still, <laughs> you would be mowing Virgil's. You'd be Virgil's yeah. Virgil. Right. David Z asks, "What's next for your retro hobby?" Aaron got that ST. <clears throat> any plans for setting that or a different system up? Boat? Any new retro purchases need to get set up? Well, what do you think, Boat? Well, uh, I, I'm not going to spoil <clears throat> the surprise, but oh. my brother uh, had to go to Japan on a work trip, spent the last 10 days in Tokyo and Osaka. Oh, boy. And uh, I had him go visit Akihabara for me. I was like, yeah. I sent him a text. I was like, hey, how close are you to Akihabara? He's like, it's 30 minutes on the train. I was like, listen, I want you to go over there, and I'm going to give you a list of things to look for, okay? Yeah. If you find one, get it. And he delivered, okay? So uh, yeah. upon his return, when I see him next, he's brought some uh, nice retro goodies that we are going to uh, peruse through back in the studio. Sweet. That's outstanding. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, I have been, I've been retroing it up. The one thing about the new schedule, I've got a lot more like time to tinker and mess around with stuff and screw around. The Atari ST, by the way, is still sitting over here in the boxes I brought them home in because eventually I'm going to set that up and do a, a video on it. Probably have you come over one night. We might just pull the whole thing out and do it, boat, right mm -hmm. there in the in the new lounge. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I've been breaking out the. Uh, I just sitting right here beside me, the Dreamcast, the NES, the Genesis. I've been getting a lot of these like HD cables to get these things to look nice when I scan to do stuff with them. Uh, I've got right here the Xbox, the Sega Saturn, the uh, Turbo Graphics, the MSX here, the Coco. So I'm just surrounded by stuff uh, at all times, and so I I've just been using it a lot. It's one thing I like about the show. We've said it before. It it makes you kind of want to mess with this stuff. You got it, you know what I mean. So right, I, and that's the thing. You got to keep it. You got to keep it out, and you got to keep it at, at eye level. So yeah. when you when the when you, when you, and it strikes you, that's why the other day, um, oh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, Scoob Scoob sent me a message. He's like, "Hey, you want this Tandy monitor dust cover? The oh, last yeah. thing I want to do is cover up any <clears> of my crap." Because if it's covered up, I don't want to deal with that. I want to look at it and be like, man, there's the cocoa sitting right there. I want to go play it, you know? Yeah. I wish I had room to have all this. Some people have, like, this room where it's, like, all their stuff's hooked up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That would be cool. I'd love to have all my stuff because if I had it all hooked up, I'm not the kind of guy that would just, like, walk by the room and be like, look at that. I mean, that stuff I would go in there and fool with. But I still, doing, like, the disaster streams every week, it's always, always nice to have something... I've been trying to do less and less with the mister and more and more with the actual stuff because I've got it. I'm not some kind of hard case. I'm just like, you got to do it on real hardware. But, I mean, if you got the stuff, why not? You know, that's the way I look at it. So, yeah. But I've been enjoying it a lot here recently. All yeah. my stuff. Uh, Pajaco asks. Oh, the TI. I forgot about that, too. I love that. Yeah, that, TI that, is great. That was great. He said, I heard you folks talking about smells in a recent show. Are there any smells that you associate with retro gaming or a particular game and or system? Well, whenever I will say arcade stuff, I always smell musty, burning smell that I always associate with an arcade <laughs> machine. You know, when I was in uh, when we were up there at the Galloping Ghost, like that bad boy 
it had the stink, arcade stink all over the mm-hmm. place. Oh, yeah. You know, along with the human stink to go along, because that place was packed. Mm-hmm. But it, I will say, when we, me and Luke went to the Pinball Museum in Corbin, and the place is empty, that was a that was great. And you can also, the pinball machines, when they get fired up, they have a kind of a their own special kind of smell that they make. So that's really the only thing I associate with. I mean, I guess I sort of associate the smell of a blown up thing with my Apple GS, but that's, <laughs> I'm not happy about it, but I, that's about all I can think. What about you, Bode? Um, yeah, definitely. Like there's a smell that, uh, I don't know what it is, but it's like, uh, it, it smelled when I used to work at the Apple store and I would work, I, I, I transitioned into working in the back of the house where like the week we kept everything. There was this smell back there that I always associate with like that period of Apple computer. And when we moved into this house, our basement had that smell. I don't know. It was some kind of weird, like combination of must and something else. And, uh, but anyway, there's that. And then there's also, um, uh, like a bowling alley wax. That yeah. reminds me of pinball machines because what the first thing I did when I got triple action was I got some of that stuff and I put it on the, the pinball <laughs> machine. And, uh, so whenever I smell that, that just makes me think of pinball. You know, this is slightly off topic, but, that when you had my little birthday thing a couple weeks ago, that was so much fun to see all the machines getting. We were playing machines. Oh yeah, and the Chud it's... was back there firing up. He didn't fall asleep. Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, this. I was like, we got a table full of food here. We've got freaking disco over here. We got pinball. We're playing uh, Galaxian. Mm-hmm. We're in, brother. We definitely I, have. We definitely have to yeah, do that again. Real. That soon. was great. Next time yeah. I'll go there, I'll, I'll get a ride home. If you know what yeah. I mean. Oh yeah. Um, David Cavalieri asks, is pimping easy? <laughs> yeah, I actually retorted to that on the page with the, with the, with the picture of the uh, the Godfather. Listen, um, it can't be that easy because I have not found a way to do it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't be that easy. No, I would say no, it's not easy. It's not something I've ever investigated, to be honest with you. We uh, should Pajaka. look into more into pimping, but maybe at some point in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's right after the deaconing. Right after um, we put the statue up, that's when we yeah. start pimping downtown Hurricane. That'd be slow moving day right there. Uh, Pajaco asks, "What is your favorite logo or badge from any retro system?" Huh? What do you What do you have on that, Boaster? Mm, logo or badge? They, I'm looking around here. I mean, there's just something, and again, it's nostalgia. But there's <clears> something <throat> about the Fuji Atari logo. And there's something about the Nintendo, the NES, the 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 red oval with the Nintendo in the middle of it that still does it for me. The Fuji has a special power. I don't know what it is. I mean, I do know what it is. When I was a kid, when you saw that little symbol, that meant fun was coming. As generic as that is. And that was the symbol of fun. And for just like the old shtick, this was true. No one said, hey, let's go play Coleco or let's go play in television or let's go play arcade games. They would just go say, let's go play Atari. It was a blanket statement for whatever you're going to play that was a video game. That was the import of Atari back in those days. So, yeah, I'm right there with you on the Fuji. That thing, it's a great symbol and it's endured. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll keep going. We will see. Yeah. Uh, David Hearn asks, Nintendo's involvement in game design is tied to their longevity. You think if Commodore had persisted in developing their own characters like Gore-Tec, Jack Attack, and the Dancing Monster, they might still be around as a software house. 
I'm going to come right out and say no, because I don't know who any of those things are. And Jack Attack, I believe, is based on Jack Tremell, and it's a caricature. Um, we played that on the Commodore 16 on the uh, ARG Presents. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what they I, used to call it when Jack was mad at you. Because the thing attack. is, it's it's not designed like Mar <laughs> nobody remembers Mario because he was a great looking plumber they remember mario because it's like a hallmark in game design and level design people don't remember link from the legend of zelda because link was an awesome character they remember zelda because it was a game that was like no other game that had ever come out and that's what you need to achieve longevity and that's what you need to achieve immortality to me i will say this first of all I, jack attack is your character i can see a hilarious cartoonish jack that would have been pretty good. It would be funnier now than it was then, as your as your as a as a mascot character. Hey, that, listen, you're throwing out a lot of good Amiga Commodore characters. You've got the caveman. We love that guy. You've of got the, you've you've got the chick from Top Banana, KT. Right? Don't forget that that Jim baby Power. that looked like the demented clown. <laughs> yes, you've got Jim Power and his girlfriend. <laughs> some of the all time classics. So you've got there's some winners right there. You know, that, that would, uh, and don't forget, remember that game where you, I remember we, me and Britt did the show, but you made the headline. How did this become that? Remember the box for the kid right. and his, like, and like they made him look like a freak? That was, like uh, that, I think that was Bubble and Squeak. Bubble and Squeak. What did they, <laughs> who wrote that? Horrible. You yeah. know, so yeah, the, the Amiga had some mascots. They were just terrible, terrible. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the C64 achieved longevity because <laughs> A, it was the cheapest computer that you could buy in the United States, and B, it was super easy to steal and pirate games for. That's the that's it. That's the list. Well, I don't agree with that at all. And that's I don't it. agree with that. No. That's, that's you now you're just being a hater. That's not true. They, the Commodore 64 is a great machine. Buck Owens asks, what are some of your favorite novelty songs? You know, I've grown to hate novelty songs over the years. When I was a kid, I used to love stuff like Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer, the entire Ray Stevens catalog. Now, whenever I hear that stuff, I just turn the radio <laughs> off. I, I think this would count, but I, I do bask, in fact, daily in the glory that is Ninja Sex Party, my one of my all-time favorite they bands. Are, they are. Yeah, I would definitely yeah. call them a novelty song band. I love sure. their stuff, uh, and I like their videos. They're, they truly understand what it's like to be an artist in this generation they yeah, you know they've they got their it. legions of geeks mm -hmm. they're live they can perform live you know they're actually talented they've got a great backup I, like uh uh tupperware remix party is a great uh great back band plus they're good on their own right i like them too another i guess now let me sort of ask you a question thing. ben's brings up something in the chat do you consider weird owl to be a novelty oh act? god yeah weird owl's another one weird owl uh, but the thing is, like, Al hasn't done much recently. Like, mm -hmm. so, but I mean, yeah, when I was a kid, like, he, <laughs> he was number one with a bullet. Yeah, he was great. Weird Al. I still love Al. He, I love Al. He's great. His two Scooby asks, what's your favorite Saturday Night Live alumnus? It would have been older ones. It would probably be, oh, gosh, that's a tough question because they're, everyone has worked for Saturday Night Live at some point. Everyone. Some people that you don't even know about work there. Uh, and a lot of them, the people that I like, probably didn't do that much on there, maybe. Like, do you have one that jumps out at you? Uh, boy, I think Will Ferrell is awful good. Um, I mean, like, I think that the stuff that he's done after Saturday Night Live was funnier than when he was on the show. Um, Mike Myers. 
pretty much all of the like the, the our, my my wheelhouse of Saturday Night Live is like the early 90s. That's that was my favorite time because that's what I've seen the most of. A lot of those classic guys, I just don't think are that funny. Like I don't think Chevy Chase is funny. <clears throat> I think he's annoying and he's a jerk. I don't think John Belushi is that funny. I think he's annoying and he's a jerk. Gilda Radner, I mean, I don't think that she's that funny. So, I, I mean, I just think Saturday Night Live got funnier later on, but I think it's because humor changed in a way that it more appealed to me. It sounds like you, some of the people you don't like because in actual real life, they were jerks. And I can Maybe so. That. that might have something to do with it, too. Because Jim Belushi, he was funny. Like, I mean, he did a lot of funny bits. Jim Chevy or John? Chase, or just, excuse me, John. Uh, Gilda Radner did a lot of funny stuff, but I mean, but I mean, you're right. Humor's changed. Like what, the first name that popped into my head was Dan Aykroyd. I always liked him. I always liked Eddie Murphy when he was on there. He was always really funny. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously, funny. I like and like he was really cranking it up back in mm -hmm. those days. Uh, so, yeah. but I, boy, that, know, he might be my favorite because he had so many great sketches. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm not sure what what. And the thing is, if you go back and watch old. Saturday Night Live, you're right. It was a it was a different vibe. It was, I mean, I'm more of an SCTV guy, so if you're gonna ask me that question, I would just say I would rather watch SCTV. I didn't necessarily. I'm not really into the whole live. I kind of like it. I like sketch comedy a little bit more, like Key and Peele or stuff like that. But I mean, there were. Well, some I, I think yeah, I really think that like it's all about these days. Well, it, I I really. The older I get, sketch comedy is something that appeals to me less and less because I always feel like the sketches go on for too long. It's like, yeah, I get what you're trying to do. Just stop it. You know, you don't have to keep doing it. Some people love it. They love the fact that it just keeps rolling, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, comedy's I like real weird. The older I get, the less I think things are funny. You know, it's funny because comedies right now in the cinema, for example, they're at like an all-time low. Mm -hmm. Like, no one's making them anymore. And I think right. part of the reason is... Uh, people's idea of what amuses them has gone in a million different directions. And it's also like there's a lot of movies, like, for example, Marvel movies. There's always, like, you know, a comedic character in those, and there's always funny elements. I think more these days than ever before, there's more comic relief in movies, so you don't need to have these, like, straight-up comedies as much as you used to. You know, before we move on, I was just... I don't know if you heard the latest... Retroist. I love that guy. He's great. And he did. He covered a movie I love that no one ever talks about because Rustler's Rhapsody. If anybody hasn't seen it, it's got Tom Berenger in it. Have you ever seen it, Boat? No. The premise of it, because a lot at the time it kind of fell because people thought it was like a Blazing Saddles type movie. But the premise of it is, is like a good guy comes into town like a singing cowboy, and the bad guy in the town gets his butt kicked. He's like, oh, I'll show you. And so when he goes to get a mercenary, he hires a second good guy to come after him. And so instead of a good guy traditionally fighting with another bad guy, the two good guys, they won't shoot each other anywhere but the hand, and they both dress like idiots, and they both sing. It's It's got Andy Griffith in it. It's a great flick. So if you want a, a good comedy that you can show the whole family, that's one I recommend right now. Uh, you know, uh, I should really go back because I know that Dad always talked about Andy's movies being great, and in a lot of cases better than the Andy Griffith show. Like Support Your Local Sheriff, I think. No Time for Sergeants, I think is one yeah. of his. That was a breakout movie for him. Yeah, he's pretty good, but he's yeah. great in this. Um, Buck Owens asks, which television game show, past or present, would you wish to be a contestant in? I'd love I, to I know be the ones I wouldn't want to be in. <laughs> I'd love to be a contestant on the price, or not the Price is Right, geez, of, uh, on Name That Tune. I think I'd be pretty good at Name That Tune. I want to be on that uh, 
and I'm trying to get the real name of the show, but the one that uh, uh, Extreme Elimination Challenge is based on, it's like something's oh, mouth. The Castle. Castle? That, yeah, I watched Takeshi's a documentary Castle, on that the other, way, the other day that showed like what actually was going on in the show. So I never understood exactly <laughs> what was happening because, you know, right. most Extreme Elimination Challenge, they made up a bunch of crap. Yeah. And that would be a lot of fun just to be on the show, just to, you know, get murdered. I think it'd be a lot of fun to try some of the stuff. Uh, boy, I would, yeah, I think that or American Gladiators, I think would be a lot of fun to be on. The, the funny thing about uh, the Castle show is it's every bit as goofy as MXT. Like, they're not, I mean, yeah, they make it wacky with the voices and stuff. But, I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at the basis of that show, what's going on, it's ludicrously stupid. It's a right. stupid show, but they know that. It's fun. I'll, that wouldn't be my pick. Which television game show, past or present, would you wish to host? Oh, boy. What do you think I'd on love that to one? host Iron Chef. I love Iron, Iron Chef. <laughs> Iron <Chef. laughs> Yep. <laughs> that would, you, could, you could do the voice and stuff. Uh -huh. I'd bite the pepper. I'd do it all. I would probably, gosh. I'm trying to think of one where you could just maul the show, like the contestants in some way. That would be fun <laughs> for me. <laughs> It may have to, uh, you know. It would. I'll tell you what. I know exactly the show. It'd be the Gong Show. That's the show yeah. I would love to that's host a, that's, that, and that's be a, a judge. Pick. I'm a, a big fan pick. of Chuck Barris, you know. And he. And the thing is, what I liked about that show is, like, the whole show was stupid, and Chuck Barris was just out of his mind. So he would just. It reminds <laughs> me of the ICC. That's yeah. what I would. You know, when I introduce everybody, I think the, often I think about Chuck Barris because he he comes back he's like, "We got a next act." He claps his hands he's like, "I'm telling you, these two girls can really sing. Let's hear it for so and so." And he dances off screen. That's sort of the way I picture myself when I'm going I ICC. Some of those. She's never been exposed to the Gong Show. Oh, before. you got to show her those. So good. We should fire some of those up next time everybody's over, too. We'll put, turn that on after Disco. Hose is the master of that show, by the way. He knows all about it. Yeah, it's one of his. And finally, our final question of Ask the Amigos for this month I, uh, comes from Lord Soup. He says, I can never decide if the deluge of, car of games with card-based gameplay tacked on annoys me more. The game's called Roguelike that aren't roguelikes. You fellas have a grievance with either, so I'll sum this up. You have a grievance with games that are normal games, but they have card-based gameplay tacked on, or do you have a grievance with games that are called roguelike that aren't roguelikes? So these cards, are these the card-based? Does that mean actual real-world cards, or the game is? The oh, card it's like game. here's this game, but there's there's this like you know how like The Witcher has that Glint game in it or Gwent or something? Yeah. Oh, I know. Like uh, Skylanders has one of these games. Right. Yeah. Like it's a yeah. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Um, if I'm required to play the end game, that I and I've played a few games where you're supposed to have to play that. I hate that. Yeah. I don't want to get. I don't want to learn. You're still. I'm in here to. For, I, I want right. action tonight. I don't want any crap. I'd like to spin that question in the, with the way that you're going with it. I hate games that introduce a mini game that make you play the mini game that's dumb. <laughs> So Final Fantasy X had this game called Blitzball, which was yeah, like a turn-based lacrosse. It was yeah. horrible, and they made you play it. <laughs> turn-based lacrosse. Bad. That's what no I good. wanted in my Final Fantasy game. So, yeah. That's like Our, my nightmare, to have to play that game and then have to learn <laughs> that part of the game. It's like I can't think of anything I'd hate more than that. All right, guys. Angelo has directed us that this is the final question of the month. We will see you guys next time for another round of Ask the Amigos. As always, if you would like to submit a question, please join our Discord community at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. We will see you next time. And until then, adios. adios.